other podcasts have really catchy, jingly, like opening music, not this ramshackle podcast that we threw together. Welcome to episode 15 of I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye. I'm Dana. Somewhere on your, whichever direction she is, that's Austin. She's down in Southwest Florida. And that is our guest, whichever direction he is on the friggin' Brady Bunch squares here, (laughs) whatever. Um, That's Mark Schultz. He's a cartoonist and other kind of artist and just really brilliant dude who lives in New York City. And we're going to get to talk to him in a minute. Mark is our first uh, LGBTQIA plus guest. And we are very excited um, to have him not only for that reason, mostly just because he's freaking cool. And I think, uh, you know, we met him from, um, uh, daily zoom calls on the reframe app, uh, which we've mentioned on other episodes and Mark shares every once in a while, whenever he did, I just, I messaged him one time. I was like, dude, thanks for your shares. And I think, or he had messaged me and I was like, likewise, whatever. And just really a mutual respect developed there. And then, um, I can't remember if Austin was part of the app by that point, but we all just kind of started talking and and uh, recently Austin was like we need to have Mark on and I was like oh hell yes we do so um, I'm going to do most of my talking up front here for like one more minute and then I'm going to be I'm going to go more in the background and the reason is because I am representing in this call the stereotypical middle-aged middle-income midwestern white straight married male with three kids and a you know a single family home and whatever. And it's not that I, I shouldn't talk here or that I, that I can't talk here. I will, but I feel like my goal for myself in this episode is to listen because Austin and Mark identify uh, sexually different than I do. And I have a lot to learn about other communities that I've had some cursory exposure to. I, you know, I have gay friends and that kind of thing, <laughs> but right. But I, I want to actually, um, I want to learn more. And so Mark, I want to thank you for being here and I want to like pitch it to, why don't you just introduce um, yourself to us and then you and Austin get chatting because I'm sure she's going to chat you up and I'll, and I'll chime in, but let's have a great episode. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, Thanks for everybody listening. And uh, I have to say to start Dana, it's very moving actually and touching for you to open and set sort of like the foundation of a conversation like that. First of all, I do want to, I don't know, like come for you or something and say, for you to even say that immediately takes you out of like stereotypical, like the, the, the portrait of the person you just painted is somebody I think I certainly know. I'm assuming Austin knows well. <laughs> they would not be asking me to do this. They would not be hosting <laughs> something as cool as this podcast. They would okay. not be on the journey that you're on. I'm not... I'm not challenging you or disagree. I'm just loving you for the the fact that you said that and and trying to uh, just put your mind at ease that uh, you're already miles away from that. So cool. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you both. And uh, yeah, I, I guess by way of introduction, you you did a good job. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I live in New York. I'm a longtime New Yorker. I've been here twenty blah blah blah. I don't even know twenty six years, something like that. And uh, I do a lot of cartooning, uh, not a professional cartoonist, but it's one of my massive hobbies and passions. Um, otherwise, I'm a marketing and advertising guy. We're down a dozen here in New York. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've worked in the, the healthcare space for, for a really long time. Uh, originally from upstate New York, which is really night and day. If anybody knows New York State, it's a very mm-hmm. large state. And New York City is totally different than upstate New York. 
Um, and so I ran away screaming to New York City to study arts, uh, to study acting and directing at NYU Tisch School of the Arts uh, in the mid to late 90s. And uh, I've stayed in New York ever since. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's maybe enough. Uh, I figure between our conversation and questions you both might have prepped, I'm, I'm sure the audience will be sick of me enough by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that's really cool. I'm actually from upstate New York as well before I moved down like to Virginia and stuff. So I'm We've from, never talked about this. I know. I've never because I, you know, we never what? I don't know. But yeah, I'm from uh, upstate New York, uh, Plattsburgh area and then Rochester. Shut up. I swear. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Lake George. Like no George way. Falls. I used to spend my summers there every year what? with my grandparents. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, really that, cool. That one small little high school that you drive yeah. past in the village. Uh, yeah. That's my friend went there. Uh, what was it? Um, Queensbury high school. Uh, no, that's like that? Lake George. Oh, high Lake school. George high school. Queensbury. Okay. Queensbury high school is very yeah. nearby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Cute that's little connection cool. that we have. And that's not the only thing we have in common either, because I identify as uh, pansexual, probably by pan queer. That's just what I call myself. I don't really have a label per se. Um, I mostly end up in stri traditionally straight relationships right now. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. How, how navigating sobriety as a gay, queer, bi, whatever person as you, you know, how you identify, you know, because with straight people, I'm not going to go ahead and the straights have it easy. It's not true. Nobody has it really easy, but we definitely right. fit into a different space. So I wanted to start off by just asking like, how, how has it been for you? You know, like how has this past, however, like, I don't remember exactly how long we've been sober. Sorry, excuse me, but <laughs> however We're all long, the same you know, time, I think I'm coming up on 90 days and like, okay, me too. Two. I'm like going to be, I'm on, I hit 11 weeks today. So that's good. But like, I just want to ask you, like, how is it navigating sobriety as a gay male, you know, just straight up? Yeah. Um, hmm. I feel like if you asked me that question 10 years ago, it'd be a very different question. Mm -hmm. Gay or straight, I, I would assume this is probably the same thing, right? I'm 45 now. Um, 10 years ago would have been one thing. 20 years ago, a very different thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like we all go through that journey and progression, but mm -hmm. I guess for, for the gay thing in particular, I am at a point where I have really close friendships that are, it's a small group. I'm not doing you know, what I like to call the gay runway down Ninth Avenue here in Hell's Kitchen, which <laughs> yeah. is like CNBC, you know, bar crawls, the whole thing. Right. Um, and back years ago, right, showing my age in New York, that was Chelsea was the neighborhood where Eighth Avenue was the runway. Um, and, it, you know, it's just a massively ingrained part of the culture. It, it you know, which again, I, I don't mean to be drawing distinctions from the, the straight uh, culture too much, but it, it was literally just assume you're going to start drinking at right after a class at college or certainly like the whole weekend. You're going to go out, buy some new cool club clothes. This was the 90s when New York had clubs. They're still <laughs> coming back now. They're coming back. I'm going to get like hate mail from somebody. Q bar, if you've <laughs> heard of it. Cool, it's happening. Um, but like massive club culture, like in the, the late 90s, right? You, you would just assume that that was your social circle was let's have dinner, start pre-gaming then, 
go find awesome, you know, cheap, but cool club clothes that'll last like the night. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, <laughs> spend the entire weekend doing, doing crazy shit. Um, so now, because that's so far in the past, it's a bit easier. I have like that close circle of friends that it's the gay thing specifically isn't, isn't as big a deal, but mm -hmm. I know for sure that those that still have a wider network of like close friends, but that second degree of like, I don't know, a hundred different yeah. like acquaintances, right? The party people that you mm -hmm. know that it could just drift around. You drape over the couch at a party and then you usher out the door after, you know, that's yeah, kind of like- Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate that, but like scene dressing in your life and they, they're that, you're that for them, they're yeah. that for you. Um, that I think is, is very difficult to navigate because to walk away from all of that, I think is a lot of questions on like, who the hell does he think he is? Or, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or this again, I love that reaction is like, oh, you're, you're healthy for now. It's like this trendy thing where it's gonna last three or four weeks until you realize that you, you gotta go back and, yeah. and be fun. Then you gotta be fabulous. You gotta be fierce. You gotta be all this stuff. <laughs> all this stuff uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's, it, it's hard. And I, I don't mean to ramble at all, but like, I think it's easier now, but it, it's easier just because I've cultivated a life that I think is why I'm being successful right now is that type of lifestyle and that type of desire to sort of get lost in that world. Yeah. Which is for me was just an extension of anesthetizing feelings, right? It was the booze and yeah. it was the scene and it was what I was doing. Um, it all was bundled together. So it's easier for me now, but uh, I think it'd be really hard for people who are still gay guys that are still in there. Cause it's, it's just baked into the culture. So yeah, I totally see that. Cause you know, I hung out with a lot. It was for me, it was the rave crowd, you know? And so oh, it was yeah, yeah. completely like, balls to the wall every time but I did want to ask too because you said marketing and uh advertising is your your domain so with marketing I've heard that it's like an extremely boozy kind of career and like they have like you know like tequila Tuesdays and thirsty Thursdays and stuff like that like in the office yeah. like self-serve like uh, mimosas and stuff like how like yeah. How? Um, Let me just ask, just, just how, <laughs> how do no, you no, deal I know. with that? Now, now luckily <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I came back to, so I worked at an agency ooh, six or seven years ago mm -hmm. and then went to a different type of environment within healthcare. And now I'm back in an agency, but I started at this agency remote, right. During COVID pandemic times. And, um, it, it's still like, it's still the vibe, even on zoom, oddly enough. And even when part of the office, you know, might be working, there's still this obsession on the bar cart. When is the bar cart going to come back? See, exactly what you're talking so about. It's so bizarre Austin. to me. A bar, like bar cart, cart gets like driven around. What the yeah, fuck yeah. is, what is <laughs> you know that? What? I mean? what? <laughs> and so I'm trying to see it wow. as like, at the same time, I am very, very lucky to work for an agency. Um, and I think a lot of advertising firms, certainly New Yorker like this, where there is just an intense desire to explore um, the minorities and a minority identity. And so whatever mm. that is, we really, you know what I mean? We are exposing ourselves to, to every angle of that. Mm -hmm. And so to the point where I feel pretty comfortable, haven't done it yet, just to say that, but I Thank feel God. comfortable that like doing the mocktail guy, like being the out, new alcohol free guy, yes. it's like coming, it's like coming out again though. Right. Which is, yeah, uh, I'm not, Daunting. I'm not up to it yet, but like, yeah. 
it's there. I, knowing that that foundation of like accepting people for who they are is so pervasive in the agency that I feel like if and when things get back to normal and the bar cart's coming around, I could actually really contribute to the culture by being like, that's cool guys, you rage with your bar cart, but I'm going to bring in and introduce you to like liars or like, you know, one of these brands that are making them yes. with alcohol free. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. That's such a great idea because <laughs> like, you know, just connecting experiences. Cause I, you know, I worked in a very obviously high booze environment. I was a stripper, so it's always alcohol. So I wanted, you know, like if I was still dancing, I was thinking like, what could I do to like make it more in- inclusive for me? And you know, other people who are curious because, you know, people try mocktails and they're like, oh my God, this is so good. Like, this is how a drink's supposed to taste. It's like, well, let me tell you, but like, let me tell you something, you know what I mean? So that's definitely a really cool thing to look forward to, you know, like when stuff gets back to normal, but um, Austin, do you mind me asking you a question? I know you have questions for me. Go ahead. Absolutely. Sharing the the working as a stripper in that environment, I feel like, Dana, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I feel like most of us would be like, I kind of know that world from movies and like mm-hmm. this, like, you know, yeah, yep. and you, you assume, you know what it is, but I'm sure it's right. really different. Is it, is it a sexually inclusive, easy to be pan there, easy to talk about different types of relationships or, or is it surprising to me? And it's not, and it's very like, straight sexualized like what a great question yeah that's an awesome question honestly it really depends on the club and the the um yeah it depends on the club really like I got girls that would do dances with me and you know it was all well and good but it was usually they were with their husband and their husband was like yeah go get a dance you know kind of thing but it's definitely like the movies like at least on the surface like you don't you know see what's really going on behind the scenes but it is very for me the last club that I worked at like it was like, I had to be straight. Like I had to like pretend that I was interested in, in that. And like a lot, and with me, it's even harder because I'm not just pan by whatever, like queer in general. I I'm also like ace. So like asexual. So that kind of makes it harder. (laughs) Like the only time I ever was like interested in like sexual, whatever was when I was drunk. So now that I'm sober, looking back on that, I was like, holy shit, like I, I'm a horrible actor, number one, and I always have been. So I, that was never really my, my shtick when I was at work. It was more of a, like, I'm just, I'm that one stripper that you can tell about your horrible wife and your horrible life and whatever, and just give me money while you do it. So I didn't make it into like a sexual thing. I tried to steer away from that as, as much as I could. So I didn't have to be like, oh yeah, old Jim, you're so sexy. Like ugh, I would literally oh die. God. So, you know, it definitely is a lot like the movies and the idea that you guys have of it is really, really accurate. And like, it is a very straight, straight culture thing. It's just like, it's a straight thing to do, you know, is go to the strip club. And, but there are more strip clubs. I think in, I, I can't remember exactly, but one of my uh, friends over the internet worked at a club that was like very inclusive, like very, like it was like a gay bar slash, you know, strip club. I can't remember where it was right at the moment, but she said it was like a complete different situation, but it's just a lot of, you know, queer people in the industry. It's, it's all acting and it's not really as fun. So yeah, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> no, it really did. And thank you okay, for, good. For, for opening up and, and, and sharing that. Yeah. Oh, no problem. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I didn't want to assume. And, yeah. and that makes sense to me. I could see it be 
it's always a business too, right? So if a certain exactly. type of vibe might change how they're making money, I could see that being very threatening. So this mm-hmm. is a straight place only. A gay vibe could kill our crowd and our regulars. And like, I, I yes. could see that being very like, yes. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like we actually have had, you know, like uh, trans, gay, like just every kind of customer that you can imagine they know but there was like a couple of trans women that used to come in there and it was like a big deal every time and I'm like it's not a big deal like relax and everybody would be freaking out like it just ruined the night for me so a lot of times I would just end up like I was like emotionally exhausted I would just leave early but it just sucks how people like react to something that's different and that's something kind of that I wanted to talk to you about like a talk about too is just like like what not like what's your story you know like like what's 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 your villain origin story (laughs) like what like does does yeah like (laughs) what does like for you does sexuality have like a a play in why you became a problem drinker or whatever you were before this like what's your story you know not at all just kidding (laughs) it had nothing to do with it at all i am perfectly well adjusted talking about i've I've had so much sober sex crazy amounts (laughs) right me too absolutely Um, sober sex that's a thing all the time that's a thing people do i like to be absolutely raw dog in reality (laughs) when i'm i don't don't know where i'm going with that um so don't want to finish that thought um so yes it absolutely did play into it um who would have guessed right i right um, at risk of sounding like, here's where I'm torn, right? With telling any gay story in, in these days, which is probably mm-hmm. a good thing and also a bad thing. Yeah. A good thing is that I feel like people have heard the story a million times and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm just telling the gay origin story like you just said. <laughs> but- Oh my God, I feel bad. That I, I that, also but... think that there's still so much work to do. So every time I feel like I'm in my bubble here in New York, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Know, yeah, needs to hear this, and I'm gonna keep. I should keep telling the story. Yeah. Um. Okay. So my origin story. Um. I'll try to balance this with booze and sex. Um. Oh, so, we love it. Right. Like, <laughs> eh. yeah. I probably knew I was gay at eleven ish. Um. Rick Astley. That. <laughs> hey, he cover? does it for a lot of people. Weird, right? So he does weird. it for I me. Like, I get it. <laughs> Bizarre. I can't believe I just said that in a public setting. But yes. Um, it's awesome. you know, and, and Joey McIntyre and you kids on the block, there's oh, a, yeah. but like, that was a time period where I knew, I think I was very, very lucky in the fact that I didn't freak out about, oh my God, I am. It was, oh, well, I just can't talk about this. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was oddly coldly resolute about, okay, well, this has to be hidden and it cannot be talked about and I will pass right? The classic mm-hmm. passing for straight yeah. as much as I can. Um, yeah. I mean, so like compared to other kids that were like rumored to be gay in my high school, which were obviously not passing, right? It's this very line you walk, which is horrible. And I think it's changing nowadays. Um, I, I hope. Uh, I, I like inappropriately probably think like most kids are like bi now because they seem to be so much more comfortable with it that I'm like, they, they seem so cool. Like, mm-hmm that it's not, though I hope it's changing, but um, at the time, not really. Uh, so yeah, so I hit it, didn't have the, 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 the struggle of I was or wasn't, but it was just, okay, well, this is it. And I love that I assumed that that was like not gonna have 
massive repercussions for the rest yeah. of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like oh, a, a formula. I was a very like linear thinking kid. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was a pretty smart kid, but you see so myself, I was just like, okay, no, I can do this. Do, do, do. But now well into my forties, I'm still finding juicy little landmines of like conscious issues where I'm like, oh fuck, I buried that down deep when I was 12. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. Can I swear on this? Oh, yes. absolutely. Oh, if you do, it would it Please. would be odd if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Um, um. So, so yeah. So that that I think was the the pressure on top of whether or not it was because of that, just being somebody who who had a ton of of social anxiety. Um, my way out was theater. I feel like when I, in seventh grade, found acting in musical theater, it was a game-changing thing for me. Mm-hmm. Wasn't until my 30s that I realized, with a therapist, well, it might have helped because you weren't yourself. Like you're playing, <laughs> yeah. you're literally putting on a different character in yeah. publicly not being Mark Schultz. You're being Oliver Twist. You're being all these other, you know, these characters. Um, anyway, so. For me, I didn't drink. I was a little goody two shoes through high school. So somehow high school was horrible, horrible, horrible time. Um, Not picked on, not not bullied or anything like that, but just Mm. all of everything being pushed down, right? Mm. Um, And not having any of what I like to think is like a normal sexual conditioning as a young adult to be free to experience the first kiss and first date and talk to your parents about it and get a sense of like what is normal to, to get a sense of of it being safe right mm-hmm. like I, I feel like and I don't know how much Dana I want to put you on the hot spot at some point but like, <laughs> I would assume you're it's raising fine. your boys right or something <laughs> like are you raising your boys to, to have those conversations I, I yes. hope you don't mind me asking that right no like, I'm really glad you're asking because it's something that you know where we as a um for the majority of our 18 years have been a, a Christian family. And I mean, Christian, again, Christian can mean a lot of different things. Um, we were Protestants. We have been Catholic. We've been, you know, super conservative. We've been super liberal and it depends on the issue uh-huh. and whatever else. But um, we, if I, if I turned my camera the other way to show you, this is all like the homeschool clutter behind me. The boys are going to take their assessment tests for um, the year next week. We, we, um, uh, but we, uh, on the top of the whiteboard over there, and I'll just read it so I don't dork it. Uh, the quote that I keep up there is uh, attributed to Albert Einstein. I think it's him. Google says so. so we'll see. You know, it says Google. the true sign of, <laughs> hey, right? Um, the, but it says the true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. So my goal as an educator is really to be a mentor. It's really to help them discover what they love and to help them uh, to help unleash their passion for learning. Um, and after that, the three goals that we have um, for them is number one, to be kind. The second is to love learning and whatever, whatever type of learning that is not necessarily like get a, get a whatever on the SAT and ACT, like your dad did and go to college, like your dad did what, if they want to cool, but the last thing is take responsibility. And so, but the, but above all else, when Andy and I have talked about what do we want our men, our, our young, our sons to look like when they're men, um, the oldest is turning 15 next, um, or in July, uh, the middle is 11, and the youngest will turn eight in July. And our goal for them is to love people for who they are. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we've had the conversation too, as uh, straight heterosexual parents, uh, where, and especially as Christians, it was like, oh my God, what if, what if, what if, you know? And and I just know that as a father, like there is nothing in the world that those boys could do that would make me stop loving them. And if that meant that, you know, I, I already have enough issues with the church anyway. I haven't been to church in, in uh, over over a year and, and I won't even go into that whole thing, but I'm just saying like, I, I don't, all I care about right now for myself and for them is to be kind as best I can. And then when I'm not be like, Hey, I was just, I was just unkind. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the kinds of, that's the kind of ethos that we're trying to, um, to, to model for them as best we can. And so if yeah. one of them identifies as something other than traditionally straight or whatever, okay. Um, I mean, will it make us uncomfortable? Probably just because we have so many associations for so long attached to those ideas that of what we were, what we're supposed to raise them to be like uh, biblically and according to whatever, whoever says or whatever. So that's a long answer to a short question just to say, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we are having those conversations with our, with our oldest, um, the youngest is kind of going into tween land and, (laughs) You know, I just remember what all the, and as you're talking, I'm like, oh my God, I never thought about what that must've been like to be a, to be a preteen, to be an early teen and to know already that you're gay. I shared with Mark before the the episode started that when I was in college, I had a couple of, there was a time when I, I felt, I I felt this attraction to this other guy that I was around. I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm gay and blah, blah, blah. I was like freaking out because I'm like, I'm in ROTC and like, oh my God, this is still like straight up. I had to sign something when I did ROTC that said, I am not gay. Like I, it was still At that it, time it period, was yeah, yeah. a totally different time period, 25 years, 24, 25 years ago when I started college. So uh, before I ramble too much, just to say, yes, we are having those conversations. Our goal is to make them comfortable to get to know who they are a hell of a lot earlier than 42, because I'm realizing that so much of my drinking was me trying to avoid who I really am and, you know, not being afraid of who I am. And I can't fathom how difficult it must have been for you with all of that. You said you're like, God, high school is awful. I think I think everybody's like, anybody's like, high school is awesome. I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> Not over here. Fuck right, no. Right. right. But it, those are the hardest oh, yeah. years, right? Well, probably from 12 to 18 or 19. And to, to realize at that point when you were 11, oh my God, I've got an 11 year old son. And if he didn't feel welcomed to be who he is with me as his father, I can't fathom what that would be like for him. So my goal is to make them, our goal as parents is to make them feel safer who they are here as best we can. Um, we're obviously going to bring biases and we're not going to be perfect in the way that we do it, but we're, yeah. we're trying and we just That's- want them to love people for who they are. That's all you can do. Amazing. That's yeah. I mean, that is a really that was a great answer just to a, a just you know to a little quip that was you know that was like you admitting that you know you might have some kind of like yeah at at first it is kind of weird like see I was lucky where I didn't have that problem like my mom kind of one day just kind of was like you know like and I was like yeah a little <laughs> like it wasn't really it's in my family it was never a thing and I was lucky for that but yeah mm-hmm. at, like. Back to Mark's villain origin story. No, no, no. Yes, because yeah. that is. Please, I love it. You, you share that, and thank you, Dana, for for answering that. Because it, I thank you for asking. It is. It is no small. It's it, it's an incredible thing to provide <laughs> in your your kids, um, for sure. Um, and and not to paint right my household growing up 
in doom and gloom, but that level of open conversation, like the, the, the culture, not culture, but like the atmosphere that I think you're actively choosing to create for your boys is amazing, right? Because there wasn't the, the level of comfort to, to discuss, right? Everything you just mentioned with your right. 11 year old, this was a, this was a going to the parents was the last thing that was ever going to happen. Right. Um, right. Oh so God. I, in the nineties, forget about it. Yeah. Oof, no. Um, and so I think to sort of get back to, I, I think Austin's question here, right? I'm a wordy son of a bitch. Um, I love it. Like, Not as wordy as me. I yeah, reserve no, the right to be wordiest on this show. Thank yeah, you very you much. Win, um, the owl's I, like, yes, I, yes, he is. Owl's like my favorite thing. Um, I think it set the stage, right, for a massive amount of, of yeah, just internalized anxiety. I mean, that's that's going to do it, right? You're, yeah. you're denying oh, yeah. a massive part of who you are. You're hiding it. You're therefore tiptoeing around constantly worried that this massive secret you're keeping is going to be right you know the the, the cover is going to be ripped off of that everybody's going to see it and this massive thing so i think you know that again i laugh a little bit thinking at the time i'm like this isn't affecting me and i'm like wow i'm still digging back and finding especially now in sobriety why i was drinking to mask a massive amount of a fear of, of using the booze to, I literally thought of this today, so I'm kind of excited to talk about it. I think a, a, one of the ways that I, I look at drinking was I knew what to expect when I got drunk, meaning yes. I knew who I was going to become. I knew the path that it was going to take. I knew that I was going to, yes, the, the inhibitions, yes, be more fun for about two hours and then be insane. Um, <laughs> window, it's like, tick tock. Okay, give me three hours. And then I'm either going to like cry, scream, run out or something. Yeah. Like that. Anyway, it's like Cinderella syndrome. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, but, sorry, back to, but I knew, right? I knew what was going to happen. And I knew who I was going to be and how I was going to feel, which was like nothing for a while or a dramatic victim playing victim angry spiel that was going to become this cycle um and i think why that became my mo was because way back foundationally right at, at 11 through through high school and so on was i i just didn't have open conversations to to learn how to cope with i i can picture amber from our zoom meetings right doing our little the buoyancy yeah. dance, right? The, the <laughs> yeah. ups and downs of life. And like, and when it's bad, not falling apart. And when it's good, actually letting yourself feel it and revel yeah. in that a little bit and not be like, this is good. Why is it good? Oh, fuck. And then like, and then bringing it down. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. so uh, it's just like never, never finding the, what's the, the scientific term? Dynamic equilibrium. There you go. Something that's moving, Ooh. but still in balance right? Like it's, uh, anyway, I feel like that's the showing my Libra colors here. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Libras are my favorite. I like, knew oh I loved God. you. <laughs> I knew it. I have so much to learn about this astrology crap. Cause like in oh, the Instagram, Aaron was like, Hey, join CoStar or whatever. And I was like, what the hell is that? And Austin's like, I'm on there. I'm like, Austin's in, I'm in, I don't care. So I got on there and it's like, Co-Star friggin' Scorpio rising and all this crap. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I don't know. I'm not really, so I like, fun. I'm, 
I've always felt like a Libra because of, of like the, the traits through my life, but I'm sure I, I already get this vibe that Austin's like in it and will be able to teach us things. Oh yeah. Like, Send me your, what time you were born, where, and nice, I'm going to nice, teach nice. you a thing or two. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. By the way, um, I'm seriously yeah. WTF on a uh, co-star if you want to add me or whatever. Yeah, at that's his name. WTF. Seriously oh, WTF. Like literally that's his ad. If you have co-star. But... It was available. I was like, oh my God, that's available. Oh, yes, yes, I would. Only that's somebody awesome. like you would probably think about that. Like awesome. seriously, what the fuck? Like just in general, but. Um, um. Well, I, I feel like I'm, I'm rambling on your question, Austin, for the past like five years. But like, away, no, you're good. we that, do this literally was, every episode. This is okay. what we do. This is our this podcast. Is who we are. This like, is why we had you on because we want no. you to do this. Yeah. I mean, that that's, yeah, that that is what happened. I think it was, you know, foundational stuff happened when I was realizing I was gay, when I was denied the ability to sort of like naturally find my way with it. Um, and then college was the polar opposite right i came out right away i mean i don't think there was any surprise that i gravitated towards greenwich village new york mm. art school right like immediately was okay to be gay the entire planet felt gay down here um especially in greenwich <laughs> village like it was it, it was just like it was opposite day for four years and it was amazing um but what came with that was um, constant drinking culture. Mm. And so what I never pieced together was that I was still, although I was finally experiencing sex, I was finally experiencing not holding back if I thought this guy across the room was incredibly attractive, like high school, like where I was like, Ugh. um, <laughs> so, right. Like it, it was, oh, I can talk to him, but then mm. the drinking certainly helped. And then the drinking in a gay bar was a whole other level. And so that's why, I, at least for me, that is why it is so infused in gay culture is because we, most of us, I hope it's changing now again, but most of us from my, in my age group grew up with that exact same experience of forcing everything down. And so booze became a, a way to put on a mask and like let yourself be inhibited. And mm -hmm. so it, it's, you know, and, and then we embrace it and then it becomes part of our fierce identity to be a drinker and be able to handle it and be able to be fun and insane. And, you know, and then I think you get older and you realize, okay, there are, there are real authentic ways to be fierce. And there are real authentic ways to like, actually be courageous with, with mm -hmm. your life, you know, and I'm, I'm still finding them. It's not like, I'm going to sit here and be like, now I figured it all out. <laughs> yeah. If if you're listening to the audio version, he did a he yeah. did like a puff of his cigarette. cigarette. That was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Now I know. By the way, you can watch the video of this on our YouTube channel if you haven't subscribed there. Sorry for the random pitch in the middle of that. I always forget to mention the YouTube yeah, channel. YouTube and Spotify. The and Spotify also runs Spotify. the video. Yes. Yep. No, I right. was, snaps, I, was snaps, like, snaps. I was like, that was the best segue. It was like so <laughs> professional. Yeah. You're like, by the way, y'all. <laughs> Here it is. Data's so good at that. And I'm just sitting here like I just kind of am along for the ride every time. But like <laughs> it's just it's always just like because I'm just me. I'm easily distracted and also have no idea what Listen, I'm doing. Like I don't prepare for these, you know. No, I don't, I don't prepare. Either. You were like, yeah, Mark earlier when you were like, Yeah, I'm sure you guys have questions prepared. I was like, We were like, oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> we both said <laughs> you probably if I, I don't know if it's recorded, but yeah. no, it wasn't recorded, but our both of our reactions <laughs> were probably like, oops. Yeah. 
we don't do that. I was, here I was like, uh, yeah, awkward. Like, oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, we don't do that here. But you know, that's why I like you know when we have people on and like I like talking about stories because we like it, and I like not preparing because we kind of just it just flows easier and you know we can have all these it's it's an easier conversation rather than a like on the spot like interview you know which yeah, I prefer. Totally. I totally. prefer I to listen to that. Yeah, I was still dated early when we started before recording too. I thought I was going to come home from like my little running around in the city and I was going to meditate, like get in the zone, think about like past experiences. And then I was like, ah, no, because I think that would feel scripted or it would feel like yeah. I was, you know, needed to get a certain point out. And now this is, this is more fun. Yeah, I mean, like I do transcendental meditation, so I did do that before I got on here because I'm still experiencing a lot of pain from my surgery. And yesterday, <gasps> whoever oh. told me on my birthday to get under my new, like, so I have a new desk. So for the like the YouTube and Spotify people, I have my camera's a little bit different. I have a new desk, so I was underneath my desk doing cable management stuff and setting up all my like my big monitor, all like the, the shit yesterday. So I'm miserable right now. Twenty-seven inch curved monitor yeah. she got. Samsung mm. Odyssey baby. Boom. I mean, nice. I've had this forever. I've had well, not forever, but I've had this whole computer set. It, but who told me that I had to do it yesterday? And then today I set up my work computer over there in the corner. So I'm like sore and I'm just like, I was like, whatever, let's just do this. But besides that, I just, let me just bitch for a second, obviously, because I have to bitch at least once an episode. Sure. Um, <laughs> but no, I'll come up I, with a little bitch jingle and we'll have it here. It'll please, play right before yes. you Now it's that time right. when I kissed alcohol goodbye. When yeah, <laughs> Austin's bitching corner or whatever. <laughs> And we need to come up with something because that would literally because it happens every episode. I feel like like you get off topic for like a second, and I'm like, you know what? I hate being alive. And then like it just <laughs> becomes a thing, We're which like, is not even true anymore. I love being alive, but yeah, my my whole birthday yesterday, I was like, I actually drank some Heineken Zeros, and they're really good. But I totally forgot point, to mention Austin's 25th birthday. Oh yeah, it was my birthday on the 20th, May 20th. It's my birthday. Happy birthday! And I did remember, so she didn't she didn't leave the show, and she didn't yeah. tell me like I didn't go to hell or anything. because yeah. on the last episode. So she was like, if you forget, I will kill you. Yeah. Or whatever you said. I said bad. something. I said like some kind of spell I was going to do. And then <laughs> Mark posted a lovely photo of me on Instagram. It was really, really cute. I clicked on his story and I was like, oh, I'm looking okay. this up right now. I didn't know. It's I didn't, probably I this still one. there if you look. It's I okay. really thought it was cute. Like I was it. like, I did your reaction. Asked. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, Dana posts unflattering thumbnails of me every day. Like, I'm oh god, she's always like, point. that's the worst thumbnail ever. And I'm and like, and then I let look. it, I let it go. But anyway, back to, sorry for the the, the <laughs> minor break, everybody. You know, that's how we do it here, and I can still call goodbye. But um, I did want to ask one thing, or like talk about one thing. And, oh, I wanted you to tell, I have for me as a, so I haven't gone out yet. I haven't done anything yet since I got sober and I've, I'm 11 weeks to today, 11 weeks today. Mm. And yeah. And, um, I have not, thank you. Snap, snap, snaps. I love doing that instead of clapping when I'm on zoom. I'm like, <laughs> it is going to be snap a thumbnail. culture on zoom. Oh yeah. It's Our little definitely reframe snaps. snaps. Yeah. I felt very old school being like clap. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, shit. no, we have right. to snap for that. That's a very, I'm doing like ASMR right now. But anyway, um, I wanted oh, to we ask. Oh, we did do the ASMR at the end of the episode, Austin. Oh my God. Like, we have I was doing ASMR reels last time. Seriously. Um, oh, oh, anyway, sorry. I totally hijacked that. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, anyway, I'm not excited. So I, yeah, I haven't gone out since, you know, for 11 weeks now when I had surgery, like two days. So the last time I went out, it was with my friend Joey and he, 
um, listens to the podcast and he is Hi, Joey. My, yeah, right. I'm, up, Joey? I'm gonna be like, you gotta listen to this. Um, he got me some lovely birthday presents. And like the last time he was the last person I hung out with before my surgery and before, you know, like, well, I was sober at the time anyway, but we went to the beach and had a sober day and then I had surgery and then I haven't left the house since. So he came over yesterday, gave me my little presents, which I love so much raw emerald and a singing bowl and a pendant that he made just beautiful. But anyway, um, I just want, like, if you have any like advice for me, maybe like about going out. Cause like, I don't know if you still go out or anything, but like, just like, or like, just, you know, just being authentically you, even though you're sober, like it in that friend, because I know you have a smaller friend group already. Cause I don't have that. Like I have Joey, <laughs> I have one friend, but, um, you know, like I, I, I need some, I need some assistance, <laughs> please. Totally. That sounds so um, stupid. Help me make friends. <laughs> no, I love that question. And no, I, um, I'm going to preface it by saying I am still figuring it out. Yeah. I'm going to just keep that cigarette around. Yeah. <laughs> you might need to light that one back up. Uh, I'm like, shit. Um, so I was on this cruise recently. I think mm. I talked about it on one of our Zoom meetings, right? And it was in the past, it's open bar for a week, right? Oh, and it's awesome. Away. And it's amazing. <laughs> and in the past, I have been basically drunk the whole week, right? Like even yeah. when you're not drinking and then hungover, you're, you know, still drunk. You know, go back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole yeah. thing. And, and my mental health would be shredded by day three. And I'd spend a day in my room on the ship instead of going and seeing some European city that I paid to see, like just crazy yeah. waste of time. Yeah. Um, just a small microcosm. It's like a model of my whole life. Uh, yeah. just, <laughs> there we I'm go. Wasting so much fucking time. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I know I literally was going to like set a clock to be like, how long is it going to take for me to cry? Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay so far. Um, any reframers out there, you know that I like to just like drop some tears. Um, so anyway, I went on this cruise and I was super where you were in terms of thinking like, wow, I don't even know who I'm going to be. Like, how am I going to react? Am I mm -hmm. just going to sit there and suck all the energy out of the room? Like everyone else is going to be on this like crazy fun yeah. little thing. And I'm literally going to be like a black hole, like a yeah. mentor of fun. That's how I like, feel. Ah, I'm so just, nervous. Right. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, this? exactly. <laughs> um, so what I found is that let yourself panic because I think you will have moments like I did where I sat on the couch and went, wow, it's happening. I am absolutely the Dementor right now. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and therefore I'm outside of my body watching the situation, which is mm -hmm. never good for authenticity or energy. Right. No, like, I'm like yeah. okay, now here I am on the couch and everyone's having fun. And, um, if it's like a weird version of pig pen, right. From, from peanuts, except you're just covered in like boring. <laughs> just black aura. Covered in black, boring. Exactly. I'm like <laughs> wearing boring. And, um, so I felt that. And from all of you guys, I'm sure you've used the terms and everyone on reframe, like I sat with it, even in the moment, right? Being present instead of worrying about five minutes from then or what I was like for the past five minutes in that moment, I'm like, I'm just gonna sit here and say, okay, I feel boring. <laughs> and even what I just did, if that doesn't sound crazy, mm -hmm. I laugh just now saying it. When I sat there and if you're presently going, I feel boring right now, you're almost going to make yourself laugh yeah. in the moment yeah. with people. And yeah. be like, yeah. you, you break that ice almost internally where you're like, 
I'm boring. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking telling myself I'm boring. I'm talking to myself, go. right? Like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I got to tell you, it works. It works some wonders because you just step back into the moment with yourself and then you find the courage to pick up a thread. Um, mm-hmm. It's what I called it anyway. If somebody's telling a story, I think you start to find the confidence again to be like, oh, I, I do actually know how to have a conversation. You know, I, th- yeah. I think we panic that we don't, right? Mm-hmm. And if anything, I think I realized I was having better conversations than oh, I was having yeah. when I was drunk and being like, ah, insane, man. I was like, oh, tell me about what happened. Or, oh, I didn't realize you did that today when you found some cool vase in some Italian store. Like, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, c- I could have picked something more exciting just now. But like, you know, whatever <laughs> it is that they did. Um, you start to relearn that walking through the conversation with them. And then mm-hmm. if anything, you, you start to see the colors of people, I think a little bit more vividly than if you're looking at them and engaging with them rather than sitting on the couch being like, I'm a Dementor. Um, does that help at all? Like, I Yeah, I no, know. it does. That actually you really know? does. Because I have let really yourself bad... panic though, because you're yeah, going to panic, right? I have and, and the panic more disorder, you... so I'm going to panic. <laughs> no, I'm well, going to panic. Go. And, and like... I think you and I know then the more we resist that and be like, I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, it's, it's it just not fine. delays the journey. Yeah, don't delay the journey. Panic, be weird. Ah, that's my gangly flamingo cue, right? Yeah, <laughs> a little gangly from be the gangly flamingo, right? Like be bizarro and feel super weird and awkward, and then you, it goes away. I, yeah, I that see that's solid advice for me because I am the opposite of gangly because I'm. <laughs> small as hell but I it, like that just helps me mentally just, gangly. yeah mentally, gangly, mentally like, gangly just like my limbs everywhere I've got mental gangles yes <laughs> mentally gangly that's um, a hashtag that is but no because I have really bad like I have social anxiety and I have panic disorder and everybody's always like they don't believe that I'm a hardcore introvert and I am like I can do this because it's over a computer and you know what I can do I can turn this camera off and I can get back in my bed. You know what I mean? Like, and I danced for six years and everyone's like, there's no way you're like that introverted. I only dance three nights a week for a reason. Okay. Cause you people, besides the fact that I had to have a day to, you know, I walked like every other day so I could be hungover and be alone, you know, and then have two days to do the same thing. But like, I am very introverted and I'm very nervous around people. Like this is a totally different, sorry, I keep fucking with these things. Um, <laughs> like it, this is, it's a totally different experience for me. Like I don't even, my friend asked me or yesterday, Joe, he was like, yo, you, do you want to go get dinner or something? And I'm like, nope, I don't need to leave my house. My grandma's making tacos. You know, like, I don't, why do I need to leave my house? Like I'm that person. Like I work from home. I sleep, I live in this room and I have no experience of like really going out and being sober besides the couple of times where I've been sober for like a, you know, a month or a week or whatever at work. And I hated it. So I know that that's not my scene anymore. So I'm not going to go out. I need to find friends that do like nature stuff with me. And, you know, like maybe I should go on a cruise by myself. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I want to go on like a yoga retreat or something, but it just, it's just, it's really daunting. Yeah. No. And you brought up, I think something really important to think about, which is I don't, I, I wouldn't recommend forcing yourself to go out just yeah. to feel like you're supposed to, right? I haven't gone. So I mentioned the cruise because that was something planned and right. like, really prepared for it mentally um, <laughs> yeah. as much as I could. Uh, but in terms of like New York and like going out, like gay culture, cl- bars or clubs or something, I 
A, the super sceney bars I have not been a part of for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the bars that I was frequenting with my good friends, um, straight-ish bars, gay bars, like a pub where a lot of the crowd is mixed, um, where I definitely would get absolutely wrecked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I haven't gone back there yet, but what I have done is laid the groundwork Instagram has actually helped some of the bartenders that work there actually follow my account. And like when I came out again, it's like mm-hmm. alcohol free and this whole thing. Um, oh, I'd love to ask you in a second. I hate using the word sober and I don't know why. Sober feels like a certain mm. thing. Yeah. And I end up mm. using alcohol free all the time. I'm going to hear mm. from you about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I did all this, I knew that they saw it. And then at one point they were messaging me and I don't know, I just found up the courage to be like, hey, I don't know if you noticed, but like, I haven't been around down there again because, you know, I've, I've tried, decided to go alcohol free and I'm, I'm really loving it. <laughs> I keep saying that. I love it. That's the public thing. I it's like it. Like, <laughs> it's also really fucking hard. I'm crying a lot, but I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. But the hashtag oh is, I love this shit. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, but, uh, but I said, you know, do you happen to have any like of the Guinness Zero that's out? Do they call it Guinness Knot or Zero, whatever it is? Um, and he surprised me. He was like, yeah, we've had it for a month, right? And I hadn't been there for several months. Um, he's like, so come on down. It's, it'll be very welcoming. It'll be cool. And like just that gave me, I feel like, a door mm-hmm. to walk through in that place where I'm not going to be super anxious and stressed about like having to have that conversation. For me, the social right. anxiety yeah. is like, I don't know how that conversation is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about the conversation now that that conversation was had over something controlled like Instagram, I'm like, oh, now I can go and find my dude. Mm-hmm. I know a guy. And like, <laughs> and you're like, okay. Anyway, if that helps. So if you're going to go back to one of your haunts before, if there's some way to have that type of like, check yeah. if they have, I literally emailed a bar recently. I was like, do you have, I forget one. Call them. Alcohol. And then if they say no, just hang up because you're too scared <laughs> to say anything. But like, I, I just. Make sure you giggle though first. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Click like, but no, I, um, so where I live, like there's not really anything to do here, especially for sober 25 year olds. Like it's kind of more of a retirement, slower community and it's cute or whatever, but like everybody that's young here is either on drugs or drinks so much or is in rehab in and out of rehab let's say that or you know and like that's not like bashing anybody here but like it's true like there's nothing else to do here besides drink and do drugs so it's like that's why I'm like struggling so bad because I don't want to go out again and see you know be like oh fuck I know them and they're gonna be like where have you been because I deleted all my social media except for this you know what I mean because everybody probably thought I died, which is, I'm better. I'm happy with that. You can think I died all you want. I really don't care. Because like, no, like I've only had a handful of people like check up on me, like people that I used to call my friends. Like I've had, I had like two people text me saying happy birthday yesterday, like that I knew, you know, things like that. So I'm not really worried about it, but like, I'm just worried about like making new friends too. Like, but I'll figure it out eventually. But at the same time, I don't need friends because I have my Sims and my Animal Crossing villagers. And that's fine with me. So (laughs) I I have to say I'm there with you in terms of like, I definitely need more of a network. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard. And, and I'm not, I, yeah, I've considered going to 
AA meetings in the city because I know there are some meetings that have like a lot of gay guys. I'm like, mm-hmm. I need gay friends. And then there's also like a dating thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but then I don't want to be going being like the creeper being like, I'm looking for the hot gays at AA. <laughs> Where's the hot sober gays? Like, yeah. What, like, what? That's not, not <laughs> yeah. really the mentality I want to bring to an exactly. AA being like, I'm here to date. Yeah. Um, in sobriety, especially. And I, in fact, I think that's like one of the rules being like your first year. It's like, just don't. Yeah. Don't date. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more of the social thing. So I, I, I'm just trying to say that I, 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 I'm there with you in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know either. I've yeah. considered like creating, this sounds so weird, a, like a foundation, like a society. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, that's awesome. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is, but like have a mission statement and like, yeah, have a, have a thing. Like, uh, uh, there are, you know, anywhere, but I picture the ones in New York where they get to be like 70 years old and they like have a brownstone somewhere and there's like, you yeah, know, they, like, go in and yeah, it's a society See, and they're dedicated you, like, to like education yes. and, and being sober or being whatever and authenticity. We'll see. Oh, you said you wanted to talk about sober. What's why? Why don't you like to use yeah, the word yeah. sober? Because yeah. I don't like the word alcoholic, and I don't really, I don't really care for the word sober. Like, oh, I'm sober. It sounds so holier than that. Like, very uh, like I'm sober. Like, yeah. nobody gives a shit. Like, <laughs> like if you think about it, nobody cares on the grand scheme of things. Oh, you're sober. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I want to hear exactly what you're saying. I want to hear both of you answer that. For me, it feels like sober is tied very much to alcoholic which yeah. is tied yes. to like this image of like, this sounds, ugh, I hate saying this, but right. It's what I think we all avoid, which is like, I don't want people to think for anyone listening to this, who has gone through this, I do not mean to sound callous at all, but the stereotypical, I lost my job and lived in a, in a cardboard box in the street right. for five years because mm-hmm. I was drinking, right. My rock bottom was that. And I'm struggling with that because I, I want to embrace the spectrum of everything that it is and that I have a little bit more confidence that if I say sober, that I can help people understand. If I, I feel like if I embrace it, I will slowly start to fix the connotations that, that yeah. have sobriety, but I am not there yet. And so I hate the word. And No, yeah, you, that's, I, that's a good like, way to put it. Dana, do you yeah, I hadn't feeling? thought about the connection of sober to alcoholic but they're definitely i mean words words matter uh, like and we have associations neur- neurally just with one word to another concept or image or whatever and yeah i guess i've always you know aa has pervaded and i and i pervaded is not i don't mean that in a pejorative like you know it's semi evil sense or something it's just i do that was kind of the way that i think we've thought <laughs> I about like that well she's <laughs> I did not have good AA experiences. It's true. But that's okay. And uh, like yeah, and, and people yeah. do and and we honor yeah. we honor the people that have. And I remember going to meetings with a friend of mine when I was in seminary in Los Angeles or in Pasadena and um a, a friend uh, of ours from back in Tennessee where I had started as an associate pastor like he her son was out there working in the industry or trying to make it in the industry and had like really gotten caught up in alcohol and whatever else and he was in halfway house so we would like meet there was like a couple down i mean it was like small world there's like 30 million people in socal and here's this you know two degrees to whoever that we knew so i remember going to some meetings with with him and um i actually stood up at the end of the week i think i went to three or four meetings with him that week i stood up and i said hey i'm i'm dana and i don't know if i'm an alcoholic (laughs) turns out turns out i probably was um, regardless of whatever the, the term is, uh, where I was going to develop into a person with an alcohol addiction problem. 
um, later on, but I said, I, I just wish that I had what all of you have here, because when someone would stand up and share, when, when they started to kind of like bullshit, people will be like, mm, yeah. there was like this, rumble, you know, <laughs> ah. and, and they were like getting it and it was, and people were like, ah, I don't know. And, and so it was, yeah. it, there was, <laughs> excuse me, oh, there I was this judginess, like a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of judginess, but it, but in a kind of like a, Hey bro, or Hey sis, like, come on, be, be honest with us. Supportive. Like don't bullshit yeah. us. Um, and so still supportive. I had some real yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I read the big two months or two summers ago when I did IOP uh, via Zoom because it was in the middle of um, you know COVID when it hit, and I had just come back from the from the VA hospital where I was inpatient for several days. And I, like I read, the, I started to read the the big book, and it was helpful, but it just wasn't my thing for me. But I think that late twentieth century. Um, and even into early 21st century, we all kind of think, I think, I think common American consciousness, again, here's me, the average white male from Columbus, Ohio, where, you know, I got the accent that they train news anchors to have, like Columbus is the test market for all kinds of products, because this is like as generic as you can get where I'm at here. And um, like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't remember what my original point was, except to say that I, I think we all generally, so here I am projecting myself onto the rest of the country, but I think Americans do, from what I've heard on the Instagram, um, sober, alcohol-free community, whatever we want to call it, we generally tend to think of things in terms of that term, alcoholic, and mm -hmm. that sober kind of goes, like like Austin said, that was a really long way to say, yeah, what Austin said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because like, you know, cause I am not just like, I say that I had substance use disorder because I did, I had, you know, alcohol use disorder and substance use disorder because I was a drug and alcohol addict, but I hate the word alcoholic because I just think it's outdated. And I actually read the big book too. And I used to go to AA because of uh, probation. Like it was like court ordered and I don't hate it because it's court ordered. Let me get that straight. First of all, I am a queer black woman we don't do AA because it doesn't fucking make any sense. I'll be honest. It makes no sense to us. Like AA was modeled after, like, let me get passionate for a second. AA was modeled after literally generic white males in the early 19th century, like, or the early 20th century. Like, absolutely. What the fuck does that have to do with me? You know what I mean? Right. Like yep. what? So I sit there and I'm like, I'm not giving myself up to god what the fuck did he do for me you know kind of things like that and i'll be i'll be candid about it you know and i don't talk down to people who go there but <laughs> snap 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 but no, you know like people that yeah, do aa that. like okay good for you and i'm glad it worked for you but that's just another separation that i have from people and it sucks because i don't want to be one of those people that's like oh i'm different and blah 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 because i'm not a victim and that's another thing about me i am not a victim of this i did not have a disease i'm not a victim i had a disorder and i am now in recovery from that disorder i'm not going to say i was diseased because i picked up a, an addictive substance and got addicted to it oh who would have knew i wrote a paper on this for school if anybody wants to read it send us an email at ikagbpod at gmail.com because i will send it to you so you can read it I got, well yeah, yeah, I got a 99%. Yeah, I got a 99% on this paper. Like yeah. the Ooh. only thing that was off was my citation, like my formatting on my uh, references page because I copy and pasted it and forgot to do it because I was just, I wanted it out of my face. Besides the fuck point. Fuck APA. Literally fuck APA. No, right. it's M on. MLA7. MLR, MLA. MLA7. MLA7. I don't know. MLA. APA7. Either one. Go uh, fuck yourself. Well, I think it's but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like. I'm like having fucking flashbacks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like just. It's just, no, 
Nope. So I do <laughs> no. recovery Dharma now and I feel like we have a BIPOC meeting. So like a, you know, black indigenous people of color meeting, there's an LGBTQIA plus meeting and you know, like that's where I need yeah. to be. I don't need to be in this old white man's church basement. I don't want to be there because that's not what I believe in. And I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I smelled yeah. that sentence. Yeah. Then there that goes the sentence. Old white man's church, old white man's church basement. I can smell it. Like, and that's what it is. And that's what it is. And that's okay if it works. Yeah, if for, it works for you, go right. ahead. It works for right. that's right, great. Right, right. But for if it me, doesn't work for you, then there's nothing wrong with you because that doesn't work for right. you. He is, I think, just for me to go on a soapbox for a second. Sorry, Mark, we kind of hijacked your episode yeah. here, dude. Um, but like, <laughs> you just need to there. connect with somebody. And and there are so many resources. If you're listening to this and you're not a uh, you know stereotypical. Uh, heterosexual whatever like i'm then there are podcasts out there for you i started listening to the sober gay last night is a great podcast a couple of guys started it a couple of years ago um the sober gay is what it's called just google that it's, it should be on apple Podcasts. any sort of um, platforms out there there are so many other uh people who are going through stuff and you think that you're like you're alone in this thing and no you're not mm -mm. even even if you're in my shoes as the the as the the, the stereotypical guy. dude <laughs> i'm the guy and even i felt like i was alone like i wasn't allowed to be sick well because i had it so good like austin said in the last episode she's like well i've got water so i shouldn't you know i should be grateful and i'm like well i'm this stereotypical guy that had it easier so i what's my freaking problem but the reality is we all struggle with where mm. we're at and and ordinary white guys straight white guys like me are allowed to struggle too you know, I'm a part of this conversation too. We're right. just all in it together and we find ways to, to cross these lines that don't really exist, that we've created in society mm -hmm. that don't really exist uh, through our sobriety. It's like in the military, we all wore the same thing. And the reason that nobody cared, were there racists and sexists and homophobes and everybody? And of course there were, of course there are. There's always some of somebody everywhere. But the thing that united us um, across all kinds of beliefs, all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of income levels and, and religious persuasions and political persuasions. You get a Trumpster next to a, you know, a never Trumper, you know, and a guard tower in Afghanistan. And they would get along fine because they were there. They had each other's back, right? They had a common mission wearing the same thing. For right. us, we wear our sobriety together. That's what unites us and brings us across all these lines that we have. I'm going to wrap up this soapbox in a second, but just to, as a way to say, I put in the chat a little while earlier, like this, I just, when I think the episodes can't get better, I'm like, this is so good. This is exactly what I was mm -hmm. hoping to be where we can just have candid talk and where you can rant for a little, just rant. It's fun. Yeah. Hopefully we do it all the time. <laughs> we do. And so and get people it still out. listen to us <laughs> and people are still listening. That's the yeah. crazy thing. It's wild. But, so I, before I, before I rambled too much, um, you know, Mark, what would you say to, um, somebody out there, maybe Austin already asked a version of this question, but maybe I'll ask it a, a little different way. But like, what would you say to somebody out there who is identifying some way other than, you know, stereotypically straight or whatever, uh, and is feeling trapped by um, maybe their sexuality and or whatever else is going on with just the challenges of ordinary life, let alone, you know, whether they're in adolescence or they're in young adulthood, or they're somewhere in the middle of life, like you and I are in our 40s, or there's someone who's older than us like what would you say to someone out there who just needs to have a word of encouragement 
uh, who they feel like they're different or they feel like they, they're, they don't feel like they can connect with other people because of their background or the, the way that they view themselves. What sort of advice would you give to them um, here while you got, now it's your turn to go on Soapbox. Awesome. Yeah, 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 no, now you better rant. Good. No, that's a very good question. And uh, my mind goes to so many places at once, but I think it starts with, if they're going through all of the things you just mentioned, but the, I think the most important thing you just said was if they're hearing this, and they're going through all those things. Well, if they're hearing this, then that person has set, has already planted a seed for what will grow into something, whether that takes a very long time to grow or it doesn't, it will grow because does that make sense? They, they yes. took an action to listen mm -hmm. to something yeah. and to reflect on what they're feeling, that they want to change something. And once that starts, I think the most important thing to know is to trust. We have the term, right? It, we use very often in reframe, but I think it's so important as a concept is falling forward. And mm. so this concept of a seed will always grow forward. It will always grow to something, even if it stalls, even if it waits, even if it needs to be watered and you're not watering it and it takes two years to water it, but you're going to water it eventually. You know what I mean? Yes. If that makes sense. So if you're feeling that and you're listening to this or you're reading something, you're already on that path. And then you're going to find the path will keep being there for you every time you need it. And so even if you step off the path, cry, shut down for a little bit, you've already walked a little bit of that path. You've already had that thing grow a little bit. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. And I think you'll keep finding your voice with this. You'll keep finding how to cultivate that tree. If I go with this seedling metaphor even more, but like you're going to yeah. find ways to care for that plant more and more as time goes on. And you're going to find the people that need to help you care for that plant. Like I, the first time I tried to do this, I did make it a year kind of the white knuckling, just stop drinking. That's it. I had no sense of community. I didn't meet lovely, amazing people like you. Gosh, I really am going to cry. Um, I, didn't like I started tearing up earlier. I, I'd say, you're going to get us going. Yeah. There's me yes, evil in the bottom. Cry. Let's cry. Together. I love to cry. <laughs> but like legit this, exactly this moment with the two of you and all our, you know, folks listening um, didn't happen. And so I, I don't want to say I was going about it wrong, right? Because that flies in the face of everything I'm saying to this person that's listening right now. It's not wrong. It was just, I tried something and I made massive progress in many ways, but I didn't in others. And so I did end up falling back, but I had grown forward. I had fallen forward. And then that path continued to be there. And now I do have an openness. I've, I've accepted myself more to show myself to people more. It was a very scary thing for me to join the first reframe. Um, mm. I got really emotional. Um, I probably still will every once in a while, right? Um, I, I, I like I, I don't want to ramble to this this loving imaginary person we've, we've created who probably isn't so imaginary. No, not imaginary. There are real you know, people they're, sitting they're, right, they're right, right next to you. They're probably yeah, saying, exactly. please ramble more. Please yeah, they're ramble probably more. saying, please yes. keep talking to me, Mark, <laughs> is, is what great. they're saying. Um, so I keep talking this. if you feel led to keep talking, <laughs> yeah. go. I'm the imaginary person. I needed yeah. this. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. yeah. If you're, you're gonna, you're gonna find the people you're gonna find as weird as it sounds, you're going to find a new person within yourself that you're going uh, to be yeah. on this journey with. Like you're, and, and you're gonna, you're gonna suddenly feel that the person that you are building towards in the future, the future you, you feel a love for and a commitment to that becomes more important than the, the things you are hiding from. It becomes more important than hiding from the fear. And the more that you actually face your emotional blockades, your, your, you know, your minefields, the more you let yourself sit in those things, the more you actually endure some of the pain that you've hidden, you're going to find that you enjoy that because you're moving, you're building that person even more. Every time you go through that, you're committing to that future you that is, will be the best person you've ever met in your life <laughs> because it's you and it's, it's a better version of you, right? And, and you'll be that person with all of these amazing people that you brought with you that were not there before. That's wow. what I think I would say. Wow. That was very yeah. profound, very yeah. profound. I like, <laughs> as you know, as somebody that, you know, I've been through that white knuckling and I failed and when well, I didn't fail because we're, you know, we have this now and, but I needed to hear that, you know, yeah. and it's not an imaginary person because, you know, like I'm in a really rough spot right now. And that really touched me, you know, yeah. a lot. And <laughs> me too, Mark. Me yeah, because Dana's over here, you know, for those who are listening, Dana's tearing up over here in the corner. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> I'm exposing it because I was about it. I was starting right there, but it's yeah. just, you know, it's just that was I honestly I kind of am at this point like I, I don't have I have not, no words. Like I think honestly that might be a good that might be a good place. There you go. <laughs> like that, that, that might, that that might was be his, good. That was his, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could say anything you had to say, that was that. I didn't even have <laughs> there you to go. say it. Yeah, he already did it. He that already was did amazing. It. I'm a little shook. I might meditate on the falling forward oh, it's, idea. It's like Nikita. Before bed. Yeah, Nikita on the call yesterday um, or a couple days ago, we had one of our uh, Reframe sisters share something that just had us all like, I mean, I was in traffic and I was like, <laughs> I mean, she just, and I mean, Nikita said, can I just... That's how she some, says it too. <laughs> I just create some space create for some this. Space, yes. And 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 I just want to honor the vulnerability that you just showed with all of us, with your sisters and brothers. You know, this is my Nikita. I'm trying yeah, to. You are channeling Nikita right now, and you need to tell her to listen to this episode <laughs> um, because. <laughs> but it, it it was it was so powerful, and we do we almost need to have this like moment of silence for what Mark just said because um, that's the kind of. That's the kind of moment for why Austin and I do this show is so that selfishly so we can experience this like yeah. first person right hey. now, but so that also we don't keep the Mark Schultzes of the world to ourselves because there are so many beautiful people like you on this reframe app and, and plenty of other apps out there. Uh, you know, again, if you're listening, just, just do something, you know, my, I said in a lot of episodes, just do something. And I think that goes along with what Mark was saying, fall for it. Like you're doing something just by being here and still listening to us. Uh, so just continue to do something 
and uh, and fall forward, I think is what I took away from what Mark said. And, and um, um, we ask that you like, rate, review, share, subscribe, hashtag, whatever the okay. whole thing is here with this little show, I Kissed Al Goodbye. I'd like to say that we are, as of right now, we are at 734 plays all time, an estimated audience of 48 based on recent episodes and 95 unique listeners in the last seven days. So booyah. Uh, and and also, this will be the teaser for the, uh, this is ASMR. Oh yeah, we're starting an ASMR channel. Ew. Oh my god, people this are gonna be like, what the fuck was that noise? They're gonna yeah. be like step away from your microphone. <laughs> I love it. God, we are having a, a a time today. The ones especially with me and like me and Daniel will just be on Zoom sometimes, like just discussing stuff, and it'll turn into like an hour and a half of us just like whispering into the microphone, making strange sounds, doing weird shit. <laughs> like literally doing nothing like nothing productive like you'd think we'd be talking about like okay this is our schedule for the month this is what we know we don't do that no but yeah i yeah that this episode was really really great um unbelievable i want to take a shower so <laughs> i'm do it yeah no so hey do you have burning with you I, Mark, do you have a spirit animal? He's within reach. Where's your flamingo? Do you have a flamingo? He's Mark? like, we just put him I on the spot. Oh my gosh. I, I forgot to tell you get the to get the flamingo. It's all good. Oh, stop. Yeah, it's Bernie. <laughs> he's my baby. Like literally, I sleep with him all, all every night. Like he's my I'm not even kidding when I tell you that. This thing has got like it's lavender scented. And I had a uh, surgery on my stomach. So here's Bernie's villain origin story really quick before we close out. Yes. Bernie was purchased for me before my gallbladder surgery, and I used you can warm him up in the microwave. He's a, he, they're called warmies and he smells like lavender. So I used to hold him on my stomach because of my incisions and mm. it was amazing. So Bernie's been with you me since- You can microwave your, yes. wow. He's a, he, that's the brand warmies. But yeah, he's been a part of my life through a lot of really difficult things and I love him very much. So, well, yeah. I would sleep with Al, but he's plastic. So I still Gaping sleep with- plastic Walt. ass. Yeah, oh, I with a lot of plastic people, <laughs> Was Al involved because he's got some issues? That's part two. That's the next time you have me back. <laughs> I, we need show. to. We need to have a, a part two episode. And when I start my own solo thing, you're coming with me. You're you're coming home with me. Okay. So yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna do something for my solo venture once that starts. But anyway. Yeah. Listen, it's gonna be fun. Mark, um, you're awesome. We love you, and yes. uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on future Zoom calls. And. Um, Keep a, oh, by the way, so when you go to his Instagram, one last thing I meant to say was um, his photo, his, his pictures are beautiful. Like yeah. he said the other day on one of his pictures of something from Central Park or something, he's like, I, I need to treat, I need to remember that I live in one of the coolest cities in the world or something and, and, and pretend like I'm a tourist sometimes. And he takes these breathtaking pictures and you need to watch the videos that he oh posted God, from like Venice videos. and stuff. I was like, oh my oh. God, oh, like they were so cool. So cool. <laughs> And I'm he was over so, here talking about the like, reels. He remembers it. It's awesome. All right. Thank well, here so before much. before thank we you. yeah too much more. Mark any any parting words? No, thank you both so much. This was a lot of fun and a great experience. Part thank two. You. Part right, two. Well, part you two. join us with us in saying goodbye, alcohol, and hello, hello life. life. Yes. Adios, amigos. See you next time. Bye, y'all.